This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. We are recording a bit later than usual this week. It is late, late Thursday night, early Friday morning. We just watched Tampa Bay fall to St. Louis. Akiva, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Did you, uh, now that it's late in the week, have you already listened to uh, this week's podcast with uh, Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal? Uh, yeah, they. Uh, I, I feel like... do we? Have, you're a lawyer. Do we have a case? <laughs> well, we, uh, we do not... Uh, Copyright our uh, our our format, but they did indeed steal our format. Uh, the way they've been doing their their podcast for years is they go through all the games basically according to the schedule. And a few weeks ago, we started ranking them and going in order from the least exciting to the most exciting game of the week. And now uh, Bill and Sal uh, are doing it that way as well to uh, to massive acclaim. I can only imagine. Yeah, I, so I didn't watch the Rams Bucks game just ended. Uh, yeah, is Case Keenum like incredible? Is he like their new starting quarterback? Well, do you remember when Case Keenum did this for Houston a couple of years ago? Yeah. I it mean, a, it was a you know, Schaub was done, a team that was seen as a Super Bowl favorite, you know, lost what is it, 10 in a row. And he came out in the middle of the year and he put up three just incredible games in a row on national television. It was like a Thursday nighter, I think, where he threw three touchdown passes to Andre Johnson. Then the uh, clock struck midnight and Case Keenum turned back into a uh, pauper. I know I'm mixing my uh, metaphors here. But he but, should um, be. No, he, he's like a decent backup. Gonna, he, well, well, he he has the capability to look good for a game or two at a time, but he's not an NFL quarterback. He's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. No, but he should be a good backup. Yeah. Like, if the Cowboys well, had him instead of Whedon, they might have won a couple games this year. Yeah, I suppose that's possible. It's hard to be worse than Whedon. Did you pick Tampa or St. Louis to win this game? I have to I have to even check. This is one of those games. There's a, there's a bunch of games this week I was like certain about. I don't know. Did you check my locks by the way from last week while I checked who I picked? Yeah. Rate my locks they, they didn't They didn't they, do well. They did they did not do well. Yeah. I had my maybe like my worst picking week ever and I was so sure of it. And then there's weeks I really like I'm just like throwing darts at the board and I'm like winning pools and stuff. So I, you know, I don't I don't know what's what's up and what's down. By the way, I did pick the uh the the Rams to beat the Bucks. Uh, yes, so did I, and I really didn't know. It was really a toss-up for it was me. My, it um, was 3 out of 16 on my confidence. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, last week you said you were more confident than any other week, as you said. You finished 8-8, eight and eight, uh, which is not your worst week of the year. I don't know what happened in Week 10, but uh, you went 5-9, and nine, I went 6-8. and eight, So there must have been a bunch of upsets in Week 10. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so not a great week last week. Um, uh, not for me either, as I got eliminated in fantasy, sadly. Uh, but nobody cares about that. Uh, no. You and I both. Do, do you think people especially leagues. don't care that I'm that I'm out of all five of my fantasy leagues? I only I only made the playoffs in one, and the one I made the playoffs in, um, I was the I was like the seventh seed in an eight, it's tw- twelve team league, and eight teams make the playoffs, which I hate, and I'm sure you hate too. Um, yeah. and then I had the least points in the entire league. I was twelfth in points, but I made the playoffs. 
And shockingly, the number two seed beat me like 110 to 65. Uh, And then in the league I'm the defending champion in, another 12-team league, I finished in last place. Oh, that's a... And I'm like very big on pushing for a last place penalty, and luckily it was voted down. I finished in last place by like a hundredth of a point. Oh, because we we instituted a plethora. We have voted on what the last place penalty should be, and we ended up agreeing to five of them. It's like completely cumbersome and punitive. But uh, last place in our league is in for a world of hurt this year. Um, but yeah, but I guess the bottom line is if you're looking for... Is it more than fan- financial? Do you have to like jump in a lava thing of hot lava? Like it is, it is more than financial. That is correct. What do you have to do? <laughs> can you not say? <laughs> no, I can, I can say. Uh, so there's, there's a number of punishments. Um, one of them is that he uh, has to give $100 to the charity of the league champion's choice. Okay. The next one is that each of his keepers increases by $10 their keeper value for next year. Wow. And <laughs> if he owns a car, he must install a pink license plate from now, from when the season ends until next year when the season ends that reads AYFFL Toilet Bowl Loser. Did, has someone done that yet, or this is the first year no, that you've done that? N- newly instituted. I feel like you guys should get him the license plate, and he has to put it on because he's never going to yeah, buy Yeah, so plate. actually, so if I finish reading uh, uh, that part of the rule book, I'm reading our official rule book here, which is literally a book. It's uh, several pages. Uh, the loser will be reimbursed the cost of ordering the frame, which will be split by all league members the following year, as the license frame will be transferred annually like the championship trophy. So I feel in, like you guys the, spend half your money on nonsense like that. <laughs> Like the winner gets twenty dollars. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous the the number of punishments, uh, but it's good that they have been uh, implemented. Yeah, but enough about a fantasy league that that no one cares about. Okay, uh, let's 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 talk about real football. So we uh, we don't have to talk about Tampa Bay and St. Louis too much because uh, Tampa Bay season is now over, much like St. Louis's. But here is one interesting uh, minor point. I was updating my uh, Chester quarterback rankings to take into account the uh, the game that just ended. And, you know, we've talked about Jameis Winston versus Marcus Mariota. They both now have the exact same Chester quarterback rating on the season, 80.44. Um, to be identical to the 100th place is, you know, uh, pretty unusual. And indicative of the fact that both quarterbacks have looked good and look like they have a lot of potential. But uh, Well, let just... me ask you a question. Who uh, who has better weapons around them? Oh, so Winston has better weapons. So you're yeah. saying that Mariota, therefore. Yeah. All right. That's a fair argument. Yeah, Winston has much better weapons. Yeah, Doug Martin's had does. a great year. He's got a he's got a better number one receiver. So I, I feel like uh, you know the, the Mari, Mariota's like praying and throwing to a tight end most of the time. Yeah, I mean Doug Martin is leading the NFL in uh, yards from scrimmage. Although you know he played an extra game, so he has a you know an advantage over Julio and Antonio Brown and, and Adrian Peterson. Uh, and he'll probably, but you know he's certainly been very good this year and very quietly. I think um, you know he was such a stud as, as a rookie and, and so disappointing last year. And quietly, you know, he's he's leading the NFL, as we said, uh, after tonight's game in rushing and in yards from scrimmage. Uh, Todd Gurley also, you know, he was he was relatively bottled up tonight, but that's another team who, um, you know, at least they have somebody in the backfield. The question is, uh, who's their quarterback going to be? And I don't think it's going to be Case Keenum. Right. So let's start with the uh, with the terrible games of the week. Uh, the 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 worst of all the one star games to me is Cleveland at Seattle because if that line was twenty, I would have still taken Seattle. You know, Cleveland's one one of the only like really bad teams still, you know, throwing in the regular quarterback. They're not even especially injured. I mean, I guess they are on defense. Does Seattle even like care? And also Seattle has no running back. Well, but does that matter? Because Thomas Rawls was not anybody in particular, and then he looks really, really good. And so, you know, all all of a sudden their offensive line, which was struggling in the beginning of the year, looks a lot better. Um, you know, who knows? I mean, you know, it, 
Bryce Brown, I think, has a chance there. They just they just re-signed uh, Christian Michael, who you know it was once upon a time sort of supposed to be Lynch's uh, replacement, and then they got rid of him and he went to Dallas, and you know he's been cut twice now and he's back. I don't know if they need a running back. And let's talk for a second about Russell Wilson. Uh, we talked about how imitation is the sincerest form of flattery with uh, Bill and Sal copying our podcast format. I was all excited Sunday night. I, I made this whole chart. I stayed up late analyzing Russell Wilson in the last four games. And I was ready on the podcast Monday morning to make the argument that the last four games has been the greatest four game run in NFL history uh, by Russell Wilson. Um, and then, and then Bill Barnwell beat me to the punch because uh, we didn't record on Monday and he came out with an article basically making that same argument. So I'm, I'm not copying him. I did have the idea, uh, you know, simultaneously, although uh, I didn't publicize it in any way. But Russell Wilson has just become unbelievable. Uh, yeah, Russell Wilson really, uh, like, should he get MVP talk or, I mean, is, I mean, Cam Newton's going to win it at this point unless something crazy happens the last three weeks, I think. You know, Russell basically looked like Teddy Bridgewater through the first nine games. He had 10 touchdowns and seven picks. Don't, let's not insult Russell that much. Well, the reason I bring that up is for, not only were their numbers very, very similar, but my dad actually made that same argument to me before. The, he said, he says, what's this big hype of Russell Wilson? You know, he looks exactly the same as Bridgewater. And I said, well, you know, except that he has looked much better in the past and his problems are just the offensive line. And my dad said, well, the problems with the Vikings was, was their offensive line also. But but then we saw Wilson's done again. The last four games, he's been essentially perfect. And now on the year, his Chester quarterback ranking is actually third in the league. And one of the two guys ahead of him who we'll get to might be done for the season. So Russell Wilson, actually, his numbers are a little bit better than Cam's on the season. He's, um, I mean, his completion percentage is nine points higher. Yards per attempt is 0.8 higher. Uh, they've run for the same amount of yards, and the uh, touchdown-interception ratio is very similar. It's 3-1 to one for both of them. So, you know, we said Cam Newton doesn't have weapons around him, but Russell Wilson doesn't have weapons around him either. I mean, he's just turned Doug Baldwin into a weapon. And, you know, Tyler Lockett might, might become a good receiver in his career, but, you know, hadn't really proved it through the first eight games of his career that he was uh, anything special. Mm-hmm. They don't have a running back, as you said. Um, their offensive line is not improved. They lost, the, you know, Jimmy Graham, their, who was supposed to be their big uh, down the field for, for Wilson. He, he went out. It's basically when this hot streak started. So he's not going to win the MVP because, you know, Seattle's going to be 11-5. and five. But, um, yeah, I think he definitely merits consideration. Yeah. And it's weird that they don't have a top five voting system like the NBA, does, like the baseball does. Yeah, the, the NFL scoring system is stupid. You just vote for one person. Um, it, it's not even, you know, the official league awards. It's, it's the AP gives the award. And there's actually five different organizations that over, the, over time have given NFL MVP awards. And none of them was really more official than the other until really it's in the last 15 years that the AP sort of became the, the one that rever- that really everybody talks about. And a couple of the other ones actually faded away. But um, yeah, the NFL awards. Are, are Whatever happened to the general. UPI? Yeah, well, but there was, you know, there was the Sporting News and T- there was a bunch of them. Uh, uh, but yeah, UPI, UPI also, they used to give like conference MVPs for the AFC and the NFC. Yeah. With, you know, a lot of newspapers, like, if, you, if, you, if you get like, a, like an actual newspaper now. A lot of them still sort stats by conference. Like if you open up a local newspaper, it'll be like, here's the you know AFC's leading rushers. Here's the NFC's leading rushers. Is that because they want to sort of highlight, the make the players on their local team look Probably, better? probably. You know, so you can say he's third in the AFC as opposed to saying he's ninth in the league. Yeah, probably. But it's like yeah. an old school thing that you still see yeah. writers mention. Yeah, and again, it, I think it made sense in the 70s because the AFL had just been a separate league more recently. And, and so even though teams, you know, even though teams like the Steelers obviously were switched into the AFL, uh, the AFC and the Colts, uh, it's still, you know, there was sort of a little bit of rivalry between the, between the conferences. But today... You know, it's really quite silly. Um, but anyway, so we both have Seattle in that game. Obviously, not much to talk about. Um, and then there's a bunch of games between two teams that are not going to make the playoffs. 
Um, tonight's game, not one of those, but, uh, you know, going into the game, I, I gave it two stars just because I thought it had a chance if uh, Tampa Bay won out to, to stay close with Minnesota for the second wild card. Miami at San Diego. San Diego doesn't have, doesn't have a home field advantage, and so that's why I'm going to pick Miami. But Miami has looked really bad the last few weeks. And, uh, you know, they've given up on their season, I think. Yeah, they've given up. I, uh, Dan Talica, I feel like he's, uh, you know, he could get fired as the interim if he doesn't, he doesn't shape up this week. Yeah, I mean, it'd be very strange for a team. No, not really, but I do. You know, we we love when coaches get fired. Nothing makes us happier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they really have nobody left. Uh, you know, nobody left to to coach. So I don't know. I don't know what they would do if uh if they fired him. But it would be entertaining if they did make that decision. All right, so you know, let's zip along again. Another game that that doesn't really matter. Uh, Atlanta at Jacksonville. Um, Atlanta making a run for the uh, worst team in the league. No. They really? already won six games. I feel like they're. I but feel but, like but they're hold good. on. But they started five and zero, oh, and since then they're one and seven. So, you know, they're one and seven over the last eight games. Nobody in the league has a worse record than they do over the last eight games. So I think there's a great argument to be had that they're the worst team in the NFL. You know, we're still relying on like Matt Ryan is a big name. Matt Ryan's having an awful season. He has more turnovers than touchdowns at this point. Yeah, what's wrong with Matt Ryan? I mean, do they need like I we were I was so high on Dan Quinn. But he's not an offensive guy, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know what you do if you're like Atlanta's in a big. You know, do you yeah. would you offer if you're if you're one of the like seven or eight teams that really don't have a quarterback right now? Would you offer the Falcons like eight zillion first round picks for Matt Ryan right now? No, no. I mean, I'd I'd offer two, I think, but not eight zillion. But you know, I think the the thing with the Falcons is. You know, it's a common thing in baseball, for example. If you have two players who have identical seasons, but one of them is really hot in April and really cold in October, and the other one is really cold in April and really hot in October, the former, the first one, will be perceived as the better player all year because his average, you know, will start at 380 and will slowly seep down to 310, whereas the other guys will start at 220 and will slowly climb up to 310. So for, you know, 90% of the season, the first player will look like his numbers are better. And I think that's what's happened with Atlanta. They've been, oh, they're six and four. They're not so bad. Oh, they're six and five. They're not so bad. Oh, they're six and six. They're not so bad. Like, no, no. They, they could be the worst team in the league. You know, and, and I think the other thing is people. But how they win these games? Well, again, you, you look back at the games. The only impressive one was that they beat Houston by a bunch of points. Other than that, you know, they, they barely won a game against Philly, which they would have lost uh, in week one if there was another 30 seconds to that game. You know, they only won one game handily, which was against Houston. And they played a bunch of bad teams. And, and the other thing I think that misleads people about them is the fact that, you know, fantasy, you know, they, they have. The best receiver. Wait, wait, wait. You said they only have one impressive win. They won at the Giants. That's not a bad win. Yeah, but that was a, I mean, do you remember that game? There was a lot of peculiarities in that game. And again, that's a game that the Giants blew, you know, right at the end of the game, which which the Giants Right, they did. Season. I mean, they caught some breaks. They caught Romo. They caught the Cowboys the week Romo was injured and, and then. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and that was a game they were losing in the fourth quarter also. Um, but again, I think because they have, you know, the top, either the top or one of the top two or three receivers in the league and the top or one of the top two or three running backs in the league and a big name quarterback. So it makes people think that they're better than they are. They scored 10 points against Tennessee. That alone should make them the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, that's pretty embarrassing. Um, and that was in a game that they won. Yeah. And, and that's a game where, yeah, where Tennessee, you know, we talked about that was one of the reasons why their coach got fired because he really wasn't trying to win that game. We don't really care, but I have Jacksonville winning this game. What about you? Tough. I, at Jacksonville, we know Jacksonville can move the ball. Jacksonville's like this they're like the good bad team, right? That they like they probably they'll lose to you late, but they can move the ball all game. And they don't have a running back right now because Yeldon's out, right? But they're they're still gonna be able to, you know, put up in the twenties at least. Yeah, I'm gonna pick the Jaguars. Yeah, well, I mean they put up fifty one last week, but they're very much a Jekyll and Hyde team also because we sort of perceive them when they have games like last week as 
oh yeah, they're they're the they're the good bad team. But you know, they also can't stop anybody. The week before they lost to the Titans, the week before they lost at home to San Diego, who we said had quit on their season. You know, and 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 they were losing those games because they were giving up thirty plus points a game. It's funny they actually beat the Colts, who are probably going to be a playoff team. By one point off the identical score that they lost to New England early in the year. Remember that? They lost 51-17. Yeah, that's uh, – well, you know what's weird also? Gus Bradley's also a defensive guy, and that team is offense only. The Bills this year have been offense only with Rex Ryan. You know, there's some strange teams throughout the league. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know – like, I, I don't know. Like, if these coaches aren't causing calling plays, like, I do wonder, like, how much impact they have on the – that happens all the time. I mean, Brian Billick was an offensive genius, and he right. was the coach for the Ravens, the greatest defense ever, and one of the worst offenses ever to win a Super Bowl. Right, but then you look at like who the defensive coaches were, including Rex Ryan, and it's it's like you know maybe maybe if the coach isn't calling plays, and I don't I don't remember if Billick was calling plays, but they also had no talent on offense. Those teams, other than other than Shannon Sharp, the you know may, like maybe their impact on the offense or defense is you know less than we think. They're not they're not picking the players, and if they're not picking the plays, like what are they doing? Well, I think uh, probably coaching is more complex than that, and I'll give them more credit. But but it's a valid point. By the way, Blake Bortles, another guy, I think, like Matt – sort of the opposite of Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is coasting out his reputation, but um, Blake Bortles is sort of coasting, I think, from fantasy football players. You know, he has 31 touchdowns this year, and so people are all – you know, which is third in the – excuse me, which is fourth in the league uh, behind behind Cam and Palmer and Brady. So people think, oh, yeah, he's, you know, become an elite quarterback, but – he, you know, he's, he has a lot of turnovers. His completion percentage is very, very low. He actually, he has, uh, he's at 80.4. So he has almost an identical uh, Chester quarterback rating to, to Winston and Mariota. So, you know, he's, he, he's, he's improved from last year for sure. Put it this way. If they had, and they're not going to have, but they, if they had a top five pick, they're not using it on a quarterback. Yeah. No, he, I agree. I agree. Again, we just said he's as good as Winston and Mariota. We yeah. said are two 30 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. I mean, that's pretty serious. Yeah. I mean, again, those numbers are a little bit skewed because, again, his completion percentage is very low. His yards per attempt is very and low. And they play he, teams all, that are literally garbage most yeah, of the time. Yeah, and, and he plays tons of garbage time. Um, but, yeah, but, but but he's definitely improved, and, and we both think he's going to win this week. Um, we got we got to keep moving to get to the more interesting games. Uh, another garbage game between two teams who had higher hopes this year, Detroit at New Orleans. Both, both teams have the ability to look competent on a week-to-week basis, obviously. Uh, both teams, any wins they get from here on out, uh, will only be harmful to them in terms of draft position. But um, and Sean Payton, I think, is on the way out anyways. Caldwell, could he, could he keep his job? If he, no, if he... I don't think. I think he could have had you know had he won the Green Bay game and continued that last week and and the next three weeks. But I think he's done with a new GM. Why would the new GM keep Caldwell year one, other than to buy himself an extra year on the flip side, which sometimes GMs do. And also, well, well, you heard what Acker thought. Acker thought that their whole front office is so incompetent that they won't fire Caldwell for that reason. It's possible. I mean, there are teams like the Lions or Bengals, like the generally the teams that are owned, you know, forever, that are really loyal. I mean, even the Giants, uh, you know, another team like that are are um, probably you know too loyal. Uh, not, not that they should have fired Coughlin. Yeah, I, the I, guy Coughlin, they were loyal to won two Super Bowls for them. Right, but I'm saying, but like Coughlin, you know, most teams would have fired Coughlin uh, the year before they won the second Super Bowl. Um, I think uh, both these coaches are gone. I don't know if Peyton gets fired or traded. I mean, I would trade. You know, I, would you give – sometimes these coaches don't – the second time – you know, Bill Belichick it worked out for, but more often than not, it doesn't. So here's the thing. I was just in New Orleans. Uh, the, the the crowd there loves Sean Payton. And so – Wait, so you I, went like you, – you did like a man on the street thing? Did, did you interview – did you uh, introduce <laughs> yourself as like uh, – 
32 you know, Nights and 32 Days host, co-host yeah, Alex yeah. Chester. Yeah, that, that, that was how I introduced myself when I asked people. No, but I, I think I think that, that he has value there, and, and so I'm not even sure if he would hire him, but I think that there is sort of a, a mutual agreement that he should leave. But because he has value, I think it will be sort of a trade situation. Uh-huh. Uh, unless he decides to take a shitload of money to go play, be a coach in college somewhere, but I think that's less likely. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it usually works the other way. Like only the retreads get college jobs. Yeah. Usually. Uh, so, but who do you have winning this game? Uh, the home team. Yeah, New Orleans on a Monday night. That'll be a lot of fun, actually. Maybe I should uh, go back and uh, go visit another game there. No, I don't. I, th- I think this game is going to be like I, I, at least one of these teams are not going to show up. Probably the road team. All right. It, uh, though, when the two bad teams play, is it almost? Does it make sense just to pick the home team, like at this point in the season, if they're well, pretty even? Look, last week, Detroit and St. Louis, we both picked Detroit, thinking, and in fact, you had the most one of your many locks of the week, uh, and you picked a lot of bad road teams as locks, Detroit and San Francisco, and basically they all lost, so maybe that's a good argument. Uh, Detroit lost at St. Louis. Tonight, we were just saying we didn't know who would win, um, and Tampa Bay lost at St. Louis. So maybe these bad teams, if your season's kind of over anyways, and it's December and you're on the road, you just want to, you know, you know, you just want to get back home to your family, not get injured. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Tennessee at New England, um, another game that's awful. New England with more and more injuries, but, you know, they're still going to win this game easily. Mariota maybe gets a, a late cover. That's I think I'd pick Tennessee to cover, but, um, you know, that's only because the line's 13 and a half or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I could see New England not totally being up for this game, but I uh, no. I mean, I, I saw Tennessee up close last week. They are terrible. Yeah, and we both whiffed badly uh, with our prediction last week. You actually thought that Houston would beat New England uh, for the Pats' third loss in a row, and I thought New England would win, but I, I did take Houston to cover. And, uh, you know, it was 27 to six. And now part of that, obviously, is Hoyer went out of the game. But even before he left, uh, Houston's offense really looked rather competent there. And, and the Patriots can win easily against a bad team. We have two more of these, and maybe three, depending on how you feel about your Jets, of uh, these AFC playoff teams playing uh, on the road against really bad teams. KC goes at Baltimore. Um, KC, you know, really did not look impressive last week in San Diego. It was 10 to three and San Diego had the ball, you know, for seven plays inside the five yard line to end the game, to send it to overtime, winning 10, three over a team like San Diego that's given up at home does not give a lot of confidence as they go to Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, KC is playing unbelievably, but like I, other than their, you know, obviously their defense is great. Like is, is the Alex Smith led offense going to be able to lead a drive down the field down seven like the first week of the playoffs well look we, obviously we saw him do it that one game the wild card against indianapolis a couple of years ago and i, I mm-hmm. think that casey at indianapolis is going to be the uh the, the first the saturday 4 p.m game this year as well yeah well if they're playing the colts scratch the question obviously if they're the if they're the five seed, then that's totally different than you know having to go against Denver. Or well, but they're going to be the five the seed. The thing is, Luck will be back in that game, and so well, they could lose. I mean, they could lose to Oakland the last week. They could not be the five seed. So, so you think Kansas City lose the five seed to, to Pittsburgh and the Jets who went out? I don't think the Jets went out with Buffalo and New England. Yeah. Left, but it, it, Pittsburgh maybe if Pittsburgh wins this week. Yeah. No, I, I think they're probably going to do it. But let's just uh, you know, it's not a hundred percent. Yeah, well, um, so, but do you think Baltimore wins this week, or do you think KC gets back? So last week was just a little hip hiccup. No, I, I, KC wins just because Baltimore's out of players. Yeah, but again, that's what you could have said about San Diego last week. I mean, San Diego had Phillip Rivers. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, it was sad. It was, Phillip Rivers looked sad. Yeah. You know, just, you know, just watching him, like, sidearm the ball to, you know, like his number one receiver, Danny Wood. Yeah, and guys you've never heard of. <laughs> a guy made a big catch, a guy made a big couch, and Gumble. I think Gumble did the game, was like, you know, they signed him like five minutes ago. Yeah, you know, they signed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. I remember that. Um, so, all right, now we go to San Francisco hosting Cincinnati. Uh, you know, Cincinnati. Assuming for a second that Andy Dalton is out for the year, 
because, or at least for the regular season, and, and we'll worry about the playoffs later. I just want to pour one out for him. He is actually at, at right, right now, as he got injured and ended his season, leading the NFL in Chester quarterback ranking this year, ninety nine point nine four. So Andy Dalton, a phenomenal season, you know, best year of his career by some by some statistical arguments, the best quarterback in the NFL this year. Although I, you know, I wouldn't say he's been better than than Brady or uh, or Palmer or Wilson or Cam. But uh, he's probably right after those guys, and he and it's uh, it's really too bad to see what's happened to Cincinnati. Yeah, and remember we had a Bengals quarterback get injured against the Steelers uh, a bunch of years ago, and you know it took him like a decade to recover. Yeah, so, Carson in, in Palmer. The playoff game. Yeah, so you know it's yeah. funny because we were talking about in the last couple of weeks, even before we thought Dalton was going to get injured, that Pittsburgh at Cincinnati was a very likely to be the six three matchup in the first round. Uh, even if the Bengals went thirteen and three, and the Bengals would, you know, might even be a road underdog there, or would be a, a favorite by less than three, and it would be really rough if after this dominant season they went out in the first round of the playoffs again. But now, obviously, that seems even more likely. They they should win at San Francisco this week. Uh, San Francisco, another, another. Well, here's the thing. That's to me, this is one of the biggest like don't go near games of all time because well, McCarron looked okay. I mean, he threw two picks, but he moved the ball around pretty easily against Pittsburgh's defense last week. You know, he's not as good as Dalton, but, but San Francisco is, you know, a terrible team. Yeah. Are, are you going to pick the uh, San Francisco for the upset or trying to goad you here? Yeah, I mean, it's t- I like I, I definitely considered it. Um, I'm going to pick the Bengals, but to me, this is like this would – I'm not confident at all in the Bengals. Yeah, uh, I mean, I know that because when we guessed the lines this week, you guessed that the Bengals were only favored by one point. So uh, – and it opened at four. So you were a little bit low. But I was too high. I was at seven. So we actually tied uh, from opposite directions. Um, yeah, I think San Francisco's done. I think they're, they're the worst team in the league. And they proved it again last week. Does Tamsula get fired? I don't know. It's hard to fire a guy after one year. But um, I feel like they give him another year. Although it would be a delight to see Mangini, who I think maybe gets that job eventually. Oh. <laughs> All right. So that, that's seven one-star games. That's almost half the games this week. A lot of bad games. The one two-star game of the week. But even some of those games, like since at San Francisco, it will it will will aesthetically be a hideous game to watch, but it's an important game like standings-wise. Like there aren't that many duds, and we got one of them out of the way, and we have another one on Monday night. So really, Sunday has very few absolutely irrelevant games. Yeah. Okay. So let you know. So let's uh, skip over that that two-star game that we saw tonight, which now becomes irrelevant in hindsight. Uh, and let's go to, to Saturday night football. Uh, your Jets at the Cowboys. Uh, you know, I have this as a three-star game, and that might be giving it too much credit because the Cowboys stink. I mean, the Jets are going to win this one easily, right? They've proven in the last couple weeks they can beat bad teams. The Jets can beat bad teams. Um, I the, the issue is Fitzpatrick, like, either is dominant or horrible, Most you know, most of his career. He's either, like, looked really good or a little more often looked horrendous. And Dallas's defense is good enough to make a quarterback look bad, like— you know, Rodgers was having real trouble with the Cowboys' defense for uh, most of the Rogers game. Rodgers has week. had real trouble with everybody this year, frankly. Um, yeah, the Cowboys, they true. also ran for over 200 yards against the Cowboys. You know, it's annoying that people are still – Right, the Jets can do that. Like, Ivory can if, – if you could run on them, they could just run Ivory and Powell all oh, game. Oh, uh, Bilal Powell, uh, he's been on my fantasy bench, but I think I might start him in a consolation game this week. I'm all excited yeah. about and, and he's not a great uh, runner, but he's a good he's Yeah, a good yeah pass but, but they throw it to him at the 22-yard line and he <laughs> Yeah, well, Ivory also can't – literally can't catch the ball. It's weird. Yeah. Like, if I, he tries to throw a pass, like, two feet away from Ivory, he drops it. Yeah. Are you uh, – are you familiar with the 8-5 and five jinx? What's the 8-5 and five The 8-5 jinx. jinx. John Coblin tweeted uh, on Twitter, which is where you usually do your tweets. Yay, Jets. But uh-oh, here comes the incredibly under-discussed 8-5 jinx. Here are the last times that the Jets were 8-5. 2011. Oh, yeah. I could tell you yeah. that. I could tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2011 missed the playoffs. 2008 missed the playoffs. 2000 missed the playoffs. 97 missed the playoffs. 93 missed the playoffs. That's kind of inc- – that's insane. 
right? Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. in all likelihood, Nine, they're going to miss the playoffs this year, right? Yeah, in all likelihood, yeah, but they, yes. I mean, they could win all three. I, I don't think that's a jinx at a certain point if they if they won all three and missed the playoffs at eleven and five. Yeah, they, you know, they they were nine and four in two in two thousand and missed the playoffs. Oh, I thought they were. Eight, this says they were eight and five. Is that wrong? Uh, maybe they were. Maybe they were I, I, uh, eight and four. Maybe they were eight and four and lost three out of four. I didn't, I didn't fact check the tweet. Yeah, that was that was when they threw almost five hundred yards against the aforementioned uh, two thousand Ravens defense, but still lost that game. Hold on, two thousand New York Jets, and actually they were five and five, and then they won three in a row, and then they lost three in a row in the season. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That was a weird season. They started four and zero and six and one, and then they lost three, won three, lost three. How often does a team have four losing streaks and winning streaks, like two losing streaks and two winning streaks of three plus games in the same season? That's crazy, actually. Very hot and cold that uh, that Jets team in two thousand, uh, our uh, our senior year of high school. Yeah, it was uh, it was a weird year. The first uh, the the first month of the season. They had like four of the craziest games in franchise history. Uh, the six and one, um, the first six wins, four of them were literally like like Hall of Fame games. They won, uh, they won a, a Monday Night Football game with two touchdowns in the last two minutes. They won a, a, another Monday Night Football game, or maybe that, yeah, another Monday Night Football game, the Monday Night Miracle, yeah, against the Dolphins, right? They won another uh, Sunday game when they were when the Bucks were running at the clock and Michael Stott fumbled. And then Curtis Martin threw the game-winning touchdown pass to Wayne Corbett. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Against in the in the in the Cur- in the Corbett versus Keyshawn game, where Keyshawn trash talked all week and then had one yard receiving, uh, and the Bucks were still going to win, but but Allstott fumbled, and yeah, Curtis Martin threw the game-winning touchdown pass at the end of the game on a flea flicker. You don't see a lot of flea flickers like that anymore. You see yeah. like less traditional reverses. Uh, and they won like a wacky game in Lambeau on opening day. So they literally like the 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 wacky win on on Lambeau was like the best Jets win ever. Uh, week one, and then week four it got topped, and then week seven it got topped, and then week eight it got topped. Literally, like there was four contenders for best Jets win ever that season. Yeah, um, you know who else had a great season that year and uh, lost the last three regular season games? Who? Oh. Well, the Vikings. They went eleven and two. Then Paul Pepper missed. Well, let me since yeah. we're talking about the Jets and the Vikings and boring people, like uh, right now, you know, we're fighting for the we're fighting for the sixth seed yeah. in the AFC, and you guys are fighting for the sixth seed in the NFC. Not really fighting because nobody's putting up a fight. Yeah. Uh, who who wins on a neutral field today between the Jets and the Vikings? Well, that's it's a good thing. Good question you ask. I have the Jets and the Vikings right next to each other in my power rankings, and I have had them right next to each other in my power rankings for the last two weeks. Actually, but we'll talk about the Vikings more when we get to the Vikings. I, you know, I think it could go either way. Well, to me, the thing is, the Jets are probably the hardest team to run on. So, you know, I thought I thought the Vikings would be like a one point favorite. Do you think the Jets would be a favorite? Pretty even. The Jets might be like a one point favorite or something. Yeah. I mean, opponents are running for three point six yards a carry against the Jets. Is it possible that um, you know they meet in the Super Bowl and then uh, we both go together to the Super Bowl this year? I mean, if they do, we will certainly. I'll be there. Yeah, we'll definitely. We will do a live podcast from the stands. So here's the thing: um, Would you, you know, uh, neither one of us has had to face this as a practical issue in, in, our, in our fan lifetimes. But would you want to go to the Super Bowl if your team was in it? Yeah, if your team is in it, yeah, I think you want because go. you know, okay, if they win, fantastic. But it, but but if they win, you'd also enjoy being home or with your close family and friends. You know, you, sure, you, the people who you've been a fan with for years. Um, sure, but I feel like if you have decent friends, they are at the game too. Yeah, I mean, they're not garbage people. They're there. 
Uh, I always say this to people. And listen, if you are in school or you're just starting out and you don't have the money, I don't want to like – Yeah, this is someone, like – th- it costs thousands of dollars between the flight to but, take the hotel room. But, but my argument is like if you have a little bit of money saved up, like this is – like what else are you saving it for? And don't say your children like other than this. Yeah, I mean I, 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 I know- I'm not going – you know, there's obviously been several – at least three occasions in the past you know, 10, 15 years of Vikings fan when I assumed we were going to win the Super Bowl that year and – I may or may not have looked for tickets a couple of those times and possibly jinxed it. Oh, we but, had um, the, the, the Super Bowl against the Steelers, the, you know, the, the AFC Championship game against the Steelers, the yeah. second straight year the Jets were in it. Like, I, I – oh, no, the, the one against the Colts. I knew that the tickets wouldn't be expensive because in, Mi- in Miami such a gar- terrible sports town <laughs> that the tickets are cheap. And I, I know people who got in for underface as the game was starting. Multiple really? people have told me the same really? story. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah, under face or about face. Uh, one person got in for like well under face, like the second kick after kickoff. Um, I think um, – so we almost bought, and we would have ended up losing because the Colts being in it for the second time in a very short span uh, wasn't, wasn't really good. That's the small town they don't travel. But we almost bought knowing that the tickets would – the Jets being in the Super Bowl would really be a, a hard ticket to get. Because, and, and it was – um, Especially in Miami. A lot of Jets fans. Yeah, a lot of Jets fans. You know, you saw the stat the Dolphins hadn't played, the Giants hadn't played at Miami in 19 years. Yeah, yeah, because they played at London last time. Yeah, they played in London and the schedule. And, All right, and, and so, shockingly, most of the crowd was rooting for the Giants. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go. Let's go on to another game. All but, right. Uh, okay. So next on the list, uh, Chicago at Minnesota. The Bears having lost again inexplicably as they continue to do. Um, you know, lose games that they need to win. Uh, Robbie Gould costing his team again two weeks in a row. So they're now out of the playoffs. So this game, you know, has a little bit less uh, importance. But I think this is still going to be a close game. And for the Vikings, you know, as we said, they they probably are going to make the playoffs even if they lose this game. But, uh, you know, it would be nice to win at least one of these uh, games in a potential playoff spot. Um, you know, did, tell me, did you see the Vikings-Cardinals game last week? Yeah. Okay. Very frustrating, obviously, as a Vikings fan. Um, you know, we watched together the Vikings-Broncos game in week four. Uh, which ended with the exact same score and ended the exact same scenario. Uh, you know, Bridgewater, uh, you know, leading the team down the field for a game tying field goal and uh, strip sacked. Although it wasn't as bad against Denver because they were at the fifty yard line. You know, they weren't already in field goal range. Um, but all year long, we've talked about how he holds the ball too long, second longest in the league ahead of only Tyrod Taylor, and to hold it too long in that scenario is completely inexcusable. Yeah, I mean, so to start with. The only like I have no problem calling the third down play, but you have to call the third down play as a quick out to the sidelines. That's the only play you can call. If you're not calling that play, then just kick the field goal. Okay, so I obviously have a lot of opinions about this. I think that the 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 people who are saying he should have kicked the field goal is the most idiotic after the fact argument you could possibly make. It's third. No, I don't. But nobody says that oh, they should kick the field kidding? goal. Are you kidding? That was the hot take that led around the horn and PTI and everyone. Yeah, but that's absurd. Yeah, but don't watch those shows. But, those no, those but are free. In Minnesota, people were discussing that also all day on talk radio. Can we just remember what the situation was? There's thir- how many seconds? There's Thirteen seconds left. Okay. You're not going to be able to spike the ball if he throws oh, no, no, a no, no, ten no, no, yard no, pass no, no, no. in the middle yeah, of the you, field. You cannot be you cannot be tackled in bounds for sure. You cannot be tackled in bounds. But let's remember this is this is why the kicking the field goal on third down is uh, uh, idiotic. Even forgetting the fact that there's 13 seconds, which is more than enough time to run a play. They were at the 32 yard line, so it's a 49 yard field goal from there. A 49 yard field goal is not automatic. Right. If you have Guskowski, it's one thing, but you guys have the Blair Walsh project. Yeah, and he's you know he had kicked a 54 yarder earlier in the game, and he's he's also been inconsistent. Let's say a 49-yarder has – I think he's he's um, five of, of nine or something like that from kicks of, of 48-plus this year. Let's say it's a 50% chance to go through. Let's just say for argument's sake, right? 
And they're going to go to overtime if he makes it. And in overtime, it's only a 50-50 chance to win. And actually, it's a little bit less because the Cardinals are the better team in their home. But let's say it's 50-50. So if you kick a field goal on third down, you're giving yourself a 25% chance to win the game. So why would you do that when it's only third down and you have another play? And, and I think you're right. The problem wasn't that they called the play. The problem was the play call. It's got to be one of two things. Either it's a quick out right to the sideline, as you said, pick up eight yards, make it a, you know, increase the field goal odds from 50 to 80%. Yeah. Um, or the other option is go to the end zone, right? Yeah, you could go to the end zone. Yeah, 13 seconds again. And you could live with throwing an interception in the end zone, as long as there's a decent pass on that last play. No, you don't. No, you, you don't. The whole point, you don't throw an interception. You'd rather have a completion. No, I'm saying you could live with it. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you want to. I'm saying, like, that you wouldn't be as crazed if they threw an interception trying to win the game. Yeah, well, so the reason the play was so stupid is because Zimmer said that what they were trying to do was they were trying to gain 10, 15 yards for the easier field goal, but they were doing it with a five, seven sets drop. Like, that didn't make any sense. But so the play call was not great. Uh, Khalil getting beaten badly, um, you know, by, by a 90-year-old man wasn't great. But ultimately, again, this is Bridgewater's fault. Bridgewater has to know at the slightest pressure, you throw the ball out of bounds. Give your kicker yeah. a chance. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. the, 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 obviously this is what happened to the Vikings in 2009 in the NFC Championship, where they were in field goal range. And Brett Favre decided to try to do one crazy last thing instead of just keeping the field goal and going winning the game. Obviously, because they missed the field goal, they had to go over time. But let's not talk about that one again. So, very, very frustrating. You know, the three fumbles, uh, all in Arizona territory. Uh, you know, so that cost them nine or, or maybe even more points. They had a, a dropped wide open pick six by Xavier Rhodes uh, late in the fourth quarter, also on a drive in which Arizona ended up kicking a field goal and ended up being the difference of the game. So, very frustrating. On the positive side, the Vikings' defense had nobody. Um, they started eight rookies, which I, which was a team record, but I'm surprised that's not a league record to start eight rookies. I guess there's teams in December that have given up and throw out a whole bunch of rookies, but yeah. What about the first year ever of the league? That everyone started only rookies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I got you there. Yeah, that's an unbreakable record. Yeah. Um, but you know, but that was a, um, you know, I thought it was an impressive performance that, that they did basically outplay Arizona. Who's one of the two best teams in the league. Um, but I still think the bears are going to keep it close this week. Yeah, but I got the Vikings winning. Yeah. Wait, can I give you? Can I? Can I? I, I got two brief uh, nonsense things here. Yeah, give me nonsense. First of all, are you watching the Star Wars movie this weekend? No, don't care. Are you, you have you ever seen Star Wars? I've seen like bits and pieces here and there. All right, good. Yeah, I, I, I we're on the same side, side here. Yeah, we're like the, we're, on we're the, the only ones, but. Yeah, no, I you, I mean, I, I was thinking about it because I was making jokes like on the other podcasts that you could pay me, but you really couldn't pay me. Like even I would say no to $10,000 to watch all seven Star Wars movies. I would say no. <laughs> I don't have that much hate. I would certainly say yes to that if anyone wants to step up. Uh, secondly, uh, nobody will be interested in this, but you, maybe you'll find this funny. So in the Euro Basketball League. Yeah, this was on Deadspin. Oh, it was? Tommy Tel Aviv tonight, missing all their free throws on purpose. Oh yeah, so in the Euro Basketball League, I didn't know that you knew already. That, that's that's disappointing. Yeah, so the the tiebreaker uh, to make the the like the playoffs, the round of sixteen, is head to head total score, like in soccer, like in the Champions League. So they lo- the team they were playing they needed to beat by more than eleven because they had lost them by eleven on the road, and they were winning by four late. So they tried to have the game get tied. They tried to basically miss. Shots, but why didn't they try and score in their okay, own basket? Okay, so they changed that rule because Real Madrid did that about fifty years ago, and so they changed. Yeah. yeah, so so it's actually you know yeah. So what happened is it's a tie game um, in the last minute and a half of the game. And Jordan Farmar, uh, you know, former Laker, uh, who is uh, he's Jewish, and so he's hanging out in, in Tel Aviv playing for Maccabi Tel Aviv. He um, he dribbled out the clock intentionally to be a shot clock violation because again they wanted to leave the game tied 
because what happened is once it was tied with a minute and a half to go, they realized they weren't going to score 11 points. So their only chance was to send to have a tie game go to overtime, which would give them five minutes to get that 11-point lead. So, yeah, so that's what happened. Um, and then they played defense, and, uh, and, then they got, and then they stopped them. And then at that point, uh, the, the Turkish team realized what was going on, so they fouled Maccabi intentionally every time Maccabi would get a rebound on one of their misses. And Farmar was bricking free throws intentionally, and another player was bricking free throws intentionally. And then with 20 seconds to go, they accidentally fouled the Turkish guy, so he hits the first free throw, so now Turkey's winning. But then, this is where he got really smart. He missed the second free throw on purpose because he knew <laughs> that um, if he hits the second one, they're up two, which gives Maccabi a chance to tie and send it to overtime. But if he hits it, if he misses it, they're up one, and now the game can't end unless somebody shoots, right? So that was a really smart. So then Maccabi has to take the lead. Yeah, so that's exactly what happened. So Maccabi took the lead, and they ended up winning um, in regulation, which got them nothing. Um, yeah, so. But how'd they win by four? They, they just hit a shot, you know, at the buzzer, basically. In the last 10 seconds, oh, they hit okay. two baskets. But, um, yeah, you know, so, yeah, so the question is, well, why couldn't they, you know, once they were down two, or once they were up two, score on their own basket? But, yeah, so uh, the EuroLeague changed the rules 50 years ago to prevent that. Um, but, you know, obviously, to use sort of soccer rules of head-to-head uh, points differential in basketball in, in, a, in a small sample size, like two games, is a little bit silly. It's madness, yeah. 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 Uh, but, but what do you do? What tiebreaker do you use there? I mean, yeah, the, the, um, the NFL. You do, you do like overall points. You do total. If, if it's a tie, you just ignore the head-to-head stuff, and then you do, uh, you know, what's the what's the point differential for the whole that, group? That creates the same problem. It might not be as extreme, but Maccabi ended up being outscored on the group by six points. They had a minus forty-two uh, scoring differential, and um, and the Turkish team had a minus thirty-six. So then they would have needed to win by ten. So it's, you know, it, 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 it's not automatic. The two teams will also be really close in differential, but they happen to be. And we've seen that in the NFL occasionally. I remember one year in the 90s growing up. So what if they, what if it's regulation points only or something like that, where you're not trying to force overtime? Well, but either way, I think it's, I, do you remember this? There was one year where Brett Favre, they would get like the one seed versus the two seed. But they scored like 52 points in week 17. And so they were like showing like the San Francisco game at the same time in Green Bay and Favre was like throwing touchdowns all over the place. Do you remember this or no? No. Yeah. No. What year was that? At some point in the 90s. I forgot. I would guess 96 would be my guess, but I could be wrong. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, you know, so an interesting scenario there. But I'm not I'm not sure what the better answer is because, you know, you, you can't – all the tiebreakers that other leagues use, like you can't do common opponents because they all play the same common opponents. They're in a group of six. Right. So, all right. We don't we don't have to get too down this rabbit hole. We've already lost everybody. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, let's run through the rest. So we got a couple more three-star games this week. Green Bay at Oakland. Um, you know, to me, this is one of the hardest games to pick of the year. Well, I mean, Green Bay has just looked so lousy a lot of weeks, and Oakland, a little bit also of a Jekyll and Hyde team, but they're right now they're more Jekylling. Yeah, look, people people said this when the Vikings went to Oakland and they won rather easily. I think Green Bay will win rather easily. The Green Bay also, for whatever reason, they've looked better on the road than at home. Yeah, there's something really weird in the water right now in Green Bay. I mean, the whole like, is it maybe time to move on from McCarthy? I mean, they just brought him back at calling the plays this week, and that's what they got all the credit for winning. Uh, yeah, okay. Touchdowns. So you think it's the offensive coordinator is the issue? Well, no. I, I think the, the reason they won by three touchdowns is because Dallas sticks. Yeah, I don't. I don't think McCarthy deserves too much credit. Uh, McCarthy has been a bad play caller in the past. Um, I think bringing him back in is not the panacea there, but I'm not sure what is. Yeah, you know, Rodgers just hasn't been able to get it done with without a Jordan Nelson this year. He's he throws for 220 yards a game. I mean, is it just that Cobb is bad and like Adams is bad and all these guys are bad and uh, Jones who was cut from a bunch of teams and like we just didn't realize that they're like they're putting up some of them are putting up decent numbers just because they have Rodgers, but none of them are are average receivers. Is that possible? 
Well, I don't know. I mean, you could say that about Adams or Jones, but Cobb was supposed to be a really good receiver. We're supposed to be one of the best. Yeah, but let's guys. say he's not. Like, let's say he's not. Let's say he's explosive, but let's say he, you know, we can't get open. I don't know. Well, he's also had a lot of bad drops the last few weeks, but um, yeah. So, but you're picking Green Bay to win this game, still, right? A pretty fifty-fifty, uh, honestly. Yeah, I'll pick the Packers, but with not not with any degree of confidence. All right, so we have no disagreements yet, but uh, we're getting to the best games of the week. Uh, the next one: Buffalo at Washington. Um, you know, uh, this is a very good game. Yeah, it, it's a three star. I feel like the t- the Tyrod uh, Taylor bandwagon like literally flipped over into an ocean. Yeah, which is crazy because you know he had a bad interception last week, but he still. You know, again, by, by by Chester quarterback rating, he's the fifth best quarterback in the league this year. By traditional quarterback rating, he's also the fifth best quarterback in the league this year. He has five picks, which is fewer than any other quarterback who's played, you know, most of the season. You know, Tyrod Taylor's not the problem here. Uh, is he not the problem? I mean, he's got good receivers. I mean, I don't know. If he, Sammy Watkins is, is, is good. Uh, you know, I don't know if he has good receivers like Charles Clay. I mean, you know, Robert Woods, these aren't exactly studs. He's throwing the ball, too. It's just, you know, Buffalo, I think their season's over. They're 6-7. and seven. Even if they win out, they're not going to make the playoffs. Washington, 6-7, and seven, but obviously they're tied for the division lead there. But they're going to be playing hard. I mean, Rex is desperate to win these games because yeah. there's so much pressure on him. Yeah, it's crazy. People are, like, thinking he's going to get fired. Like, why would he get fired after one year if he leads them to, like, yeah, it's bizarre. a 500 I mean, I, I feel like the Marone things made the fans think that they have a Super Bowl contender on their hands. I mean, this is a team that literally has not won a playoff game this millennium. Which, you know, they I mean, they they played the worst quarterback in the league, probably, you know, an EJ Manuel um, for a couple of games this year. Well, I think you got to give Rex more than one season. But um, I think Buffalo is a little bit of a better team. But I think Washington at home and I think that Buffalo, you know, has found ways to lose games this year. So I'm going to pick Washington here. I don't know. Buffalo, some weeks Buffalo comes out and they're like, wow, this why don't they do this every week? They could really be like an elite team. Uh, like their A game is way higher than Washington's ceiling. So I'm going to pick the Bills. All right, yeah. I mean, that was the same argument, I think, why you picked the Bills last week against Philly. And it was a valid argument, but, um, you know, Philly ended up winning that game. And this is a similar game. You know, Buffalo playing another NFC East team on the road. And um, and Washington, who had the game last week against Chicago, they're playing another team sort of about equal to them this week. Um, Let's go to Philly now. Uh, This is a four-star game. Who knows what you're going to get from the Eagles? But, you know, they they did beat the Patriots, although there was a lot of luck and and strange coincidences in that game. Uh, Arizona looked you know, very beatable last week by the Vikings, but they, they did get another win. They're 11 and two. If the Panthers beat the giants earlier in the day, then um, Arizona, you know, probably locked into the two seed here. But, um, you know, I think they're still going to beat Philadelphia pretty easily just because Philly's not impressive, even in their wins. It's... No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Arizona's going to win this game. Yeah. You're going to see a very, uh, you know, morose Chip Kelly on the sidelines. Um, but it, look, a loss here, his season is still very much alive. So, it doesn't have to be too remote, uh, too morose, too quickly, um, and the reason is because uh, the New York Giants are six and seven as well, and they're playing the undefeated Carolina Panthers. So they, uh, you know, the New York Giants in 1998 beat the 13 and 0 Denver Broncos in Week 15. Uh, obviously, you know, a few years ago they beat the 18 and 0 New England Patriots in uh, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, the Panthers, the pa- yeah, the Panthers are too good for this. The, the, you can move the ball on the Giants, so I, the Panthers are going to win this game. All right, you know, I, I just I have to die on this hill because for like weeks and weeks I've been predicting that this would be the Panthers' loss. So I'll stick with it. I'll say the Giants are going to win this game. I think the Giants could win this game, but you know I have no logical argument for why they will. Um, by the way, our Giants fan and, uh, and Super Podcast fan Robbie Weisenfeld, um, he we were discussing cereal and other podcasts last week. So he uh, he emailed in to say that uh, thirty two fans is better than cereal, and he said that's a, he oh, said wow. that's objective. What, what have you thought of cereal so far? Um, you know, well maybe he just hates cereal. Uh, do you listen to the gist? No. Uh, Mike Beska. So first of all, that is the best podcast out there in any genre. Uh, I would highly endorse anybody. Uh, Wait, that's a sports podcast? 
it's 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 hard to to limit it's news sports pop culture it's i mean you know pesca has a sports background and he also does a sports podcast you know hang up and listen uh uh, for slight but the gist is really it's just sort of the mike pesca hour he's really the best writer i mean he's just a fan i feel like he should have a half hour show on television every night it's unfortunate that he's limited to a podcast uh you know he's just he's a really really smart writer uh you know He's a little bit into the puns, perhaps too much for some people, but he does it so well. Uh, it's really well prepared. Um, I'm very, very impressed by him. Um, and anyways, he was he was, he made the point about Serial, which I agree with, which is it doesn't have the same stakes as season one. Season one was was a murder we never heard of, but the difference was if this guy didn't do it or if, you know, this guy's not guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, he should be let out of prison, which is, you know, a really significant pull. And this year, the podcast isn't, what did Bo Bergdahl do? It's a much more famous case, but the stakes of the podcast are so much lower because it's not what what did he do? We already know what he did. The question is why did he do it? And um, it's not like anything that this podcast. Yeah, but but the will. stakes are he could still go to jail for life, and he's not in jail. So this is this is it's just the flip side. He's not in jail yet, but he can go to jail. Yeah, but the but, but the podcast and, and that's ongoing at the same time as the podcast. But the podcast has no influence on that, right? Whereas the podcast helped. Adnan well, the podcast did. I, I think the podcast actually hurt him because right after the podcast started, he, you know, they announced that they're going to try and seek, uh, you know, life sentence. Yeah, but, but but that was not because of the podcast. They were not influenced by that at all. That's just that just you know happened to be the timing there. Um, but yeah, but I'll still listen to it. Um, uh, also, by the way, Robbie also emailed us to remind us we were talking about uh, Regis. And um, and Robbie emailed to remind us, which he's told me in the past, but I forgot. Uh, Robbie and Regis live in the same building uh, on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And uh, Regis is a great looking yeah. guy in person. Robbie can confirm. What does what does Robbie do for a living? That he's living in the he, same uh, building as Regis. As as Kyle Kramer would say, he uh, TCB he takes care of business. So, oh Robbie, you're taking care of business. That's good. So, I'm re- does Regis live in his building? Well, that's that's what Robbie think, said in his email. I think he said, you know, I live in Regis' building, and then he said, wait a no, minute, so Regis lives in my building. Um, yeah, so uh, I think they're good buddies, actually. But he's, but Regis is not his father-in-law, so we're not that impressed. Uh, <laughs> But he probably sees Regis more frequently than Regis' son-in-law does. Oh, no question. Yeah. No question. Like he could give updates to the grandkids probably. Yeah. Um, Robbie should probably, yeah, tweet at uh, Ken Tremendous and give him updates yep. on, yeah, well, you know, how totally. granddad is I'm sure, doing. I'm sure that <laughs> that won't get him kicked out of the building. Can you ask for an <laughs> autograph of someone who lives in your building? What's the – what's the um, like I've worked with famous people and there's a rule you're not allowed to ask for autographs. Uh, I yeah. think at ESPN has that rule. I don't know. I don't know if NBC had the rule, but certainly could never. Like it would be, it would be a bad idea. I did see one time I was leaving early to go to a wedding, and Mike Francesa was coming in. He used to do the um, Miked Up, which was like uh, the local NBC show, like at eleven, like right after the news on Sunday nights, and he'd have a big bowl of popcorn in front of him. So he was go, he was coming in at uh, at like four thirty, which by the way, he like he was not watching NFL games in the car on his way over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and at which he would talk, he would acknowledge like it was a, it was an issue. It was one of the reasons why he stopped doing the show. Um, but like so I'm outside the building like I just walked out. So at that point, I can I can ask for an autograph, I think. Right. Because we're not in the building anymore. He doesn't realize I'm an employee. It could, I could have been going on some 30 Rock tour. Yeah, but I didn't you, realize big, he had already walked past. Are you a big past. autograph guy? No, I've never. The only autograph I've ever gotten in my life is Mike Francesa's at a Jets Giants basketball game. So I didn't really want it. I'm just <laughs> spitballing out loud here. Yeah. And and uh, one to- I went to J- this Jets-Giants. Hey, this is Alex here, after the fact. So at this point in the podcast, Akiva told a pretty funny story about being at a Giants-Jets charity basketball game, and a young Akiva asked Keyshawn Johnson for his autograph repeatedly, 
only to discover that it wasn't Keyshawn Johnson, but it was actually Aaron Glenn whose autograph he was asking uh, uh, Keyshawn's autograph from. But for technical difficulties, for some reason, the recording of the story got lost, which is why I'm throwing it in here so you get the context. And uh, maybe we'll ask Akiva to tell the story again next week. <laughs> Awkward moments for a Jets fan. Yeah. Um, wait, did, what, did Aaron Glenn react at all or no? To you, to you calling him Keyshawn? Uh, no, I, he was like signing, but I don't, I don't remember. He was signing autographs on like she was like blocking me, and I guess that was like the end of the line. So I don't know if he, I don't remember if he heard. It was so you know, it was like uh, you know what we should do. We were talking about podcasts. Next week, in addition to uh, the show, we're, we're we're putting in our top ten podcasts of the year. Each of us, we are. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh Yeah, we are. Uh, should we wait to see if fans demand it, or we're giving it to them whether they like it or not? No, no, no. We're giving it to them. The fans, the fans don't demand a lot here. We have we're very uh, uh, complacent fans. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's by continue. Way, just, just a very short, embarrassing story that I have of, uh, of mixing up one person for another because they have similar, you know, ethnicities and ages, and then you look like a jackass. Um, in two thousand four. I was at a rally for John Kerry right before the election on campus at uh, the University of Pennsylvania yeah. in Philadelphia. Were you throwing eggs at him? I don't understand. No. So I was on the stage. Um, you know, that's a long story. But anyways, afterwards, uh, we're hanging out with a number of people, including Joe Biden, who was a senator from Delaware and was there because one of his kids goes to Penn and he was helping, you know, carry uh, rally. And then also there was Joe Huffle. Was he just waiting for an Amtrak train? Well, yeah, but also there was a guy named Joe Huffle who was running for the Senate against Arlen Specter that year. Um, and, you know, there's a whole bunch of other folks there. So we're on the stage and, um, you know, after the rally's over, and we're sort of hanging out with a bunch of these senators. And, and, and I'm right next to uh, what I thought was Joe Huffle for some reason. And, and people keep coming up to him saying, Senator, Senator, you know, such a great speech. Senator, can I get your autograph? Senator, can I take a picture with you? And, and the first time somebody says this, I say, sort of jovially, He's not senator yet. We got to wait till election day, you know, because this is Joe Huffle, I think, and he's, you know, um, you know, he has to beat Arlen Specter first until he becomes a senator. And then, uh, and, and Joe Biden, which is actually who it was, looks at me kind of strangely. And, um, and then somebody else says, "Senator, senator," and I, and I say again, "Hey guys, he's not a senator just yet. We got to wait till the election." <laughs> and and did he correct and Joe you? Biden looks at me strangely again, and I'm getting like increasingly frustrated. I'm like, why do all these people keep calling Joe Huffle the senator when he hasn't won anything yet? And meanwhile, in hindsight, and even if they were, who cares? <laughs> I know. And in, even if they were calling him like, uh, you know, grandpa, uh, like, what the hell and Joe matter? Biden keeps looking at me like, who is this jackass who keeps saying that I'm not a senator when I've been a senator for 27 years? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, but Joe Biden was uh, nice about it. And I didn't say anything to embarrass me. And, and uh, yeah, supposedly he's nice. Yeah, and now I have a picture uh, with me with Joe Biden and I have my arms around him. And I think that my arms are around Joe Huffle. So. <laughs> Um, all right, enough That's of that. Funny. But Joe Huffle lost, right? He lost Arlen Specter. You can't call him a senator. You cannot call him a senator. Yeah. No, so you were right. He was never a senator. Yeah, well, what if he was a state senator and they were just calling him senator? Yeah, but, you know. Like the guy in the office. <laughs> yeah, the, the one who has the closet relationship with Oscar, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Um, so this this is a five-star game only because it's sort of the, the division play-in game. But uh, in reality, there's a one-star game that nobody really wants to watch. Houston at Indy. We would be lucky to have Brian Hoyer and Matt Hasselbeck in this game. Right. I mean, who are the quarterbacks actually going to be in this game? Uh, TJ Yates, who who uh, destroyed the Jets. <laughs> uh, TJ Yates is competent, honestly. And uh, and Charlie Whitehurst. Oh, my goodness. What a terrible game. And the winner of the TJ Yates, Charlie Whitehurst extravaganza is going to host either Pittsburgh or Kansas City in the playoffs. It's ridiculous. Who's going to win <laughs> between Yates and Whitehurst? I'm is this tired. one of your locks of the week? <laughs> 
take this to the right, this one. Yeah, this is a lock of the week. Oh, wow. This is a lock. No question. Okay. This is the lock of the year. Oh, wow. So I'm picking Indy here. Um, there was no line on this one at the beginning of the week just because nobody knew who the hell was playing at quarterback. I don't know. I mean, I really liked Houston, and then they, they did nothing on offense last week against the Patriots. And obviously the Patriots' defense is much better than Indianapolis's, but um, it's a toss-up. I'll just give it to the home team, which is basically what I did tonight as well. All right, so now let's get to the uh, the obvious game of the week by any measure. Um, you know, Denver at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh are favored at home by so many points, even though Denver's the better record, which really indicates how pumped up people are about Pittsburgh right now who looks like one of the best teams in the league, even though they wouldn't be in the playoffs if the season started today. And Denver, who people said Brock Osweiler was better than Peyton Manning, but all of a sudden he's been really bad. You know, they haven't scored an offensive touchdown since the first possession three games ago. Um, You know, is this Brock's last game? Peyton's practicing again. Yeah, I think it's his last game. I mean, for now. I mean, Peyton could get hurt immediately. But yeah, I think Peyton starts next week. So, And do you think Pittsburgh wins this game easily? By the way, Joe Huffle's grandfather was the uh, coach of the Green Bay Packers in 1921. If you want to, also he was a, he was a rookie um, coach with a, with the whole team of rookie players. Comes back all around. They, they were called the Indian Packers yeah, back and, then, not the Green also, Bay Packers. And also, it was the second year, I believe, right? I think they started in 1919, so it was probably the third. Oh, year. they started before the NFL officially. Oh, yeah, but that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, what's your question? <laughs> My question is: Are the Pittsburgh Steelers in uh, 2015 going to beat the Broncos easily this week? Yeah. Oh, no question. They're going to destroy them, oh, wow. no matter who's playing quarterback. So I, I took Denver to cover. This spread. It's great that the Jets are, are chasing the three best teams, like, for the division. I mean, that, that's over, but they chase the best team in the NFL. And then they're chasing, like, the, the third and fourth best teams, uh, you know, for wild card spots somehow. Wow. Um, yeah, I, th- I think this is going to be a closer game. I think, um, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, they lost to Seattle just a couple weeks ago. They, they won against Cincinnati fairly easily. But again, you know, that was a game with Andy, without Andy Dalton, so it's a little bit unfair. And by the way, Roethlisberger didn't have a great game uh, necessarily uh, this past week. You know, although he's clearly better than, than Brock Osweiler or Peyton Manning at this point. I th- I'm going to pick Pittsburgh to win, but I think it's going to be closer. Um, that only that leaves out. Oh, we have three games uh, that are different this week, so we will not have a tie, which is good. And in all three, you're taking the road team, I'm taking the home team. Uh, that's the Giants. Wash- right after my, like, oh, just take the road, take the home team when you're in short thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you're taking Houston and Buffalo, two uh, losing teams on the road. But um, I think, uh, you know, th- there's a couple of really good games this week. Obviously, Denver-Pittsburgh and then uh, Carolina and the Giants. Uh, you know, we have hopes for historical or logical reasons. Um, but, um, you know, we said there's also a lot of bad games this week, so we'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, next week, I think there's more good games. And um, in week 17, it's too soon to tell. I'll have a lot of impact, obviously, about what happens uh, this week. But um, I hope I managed to edit and get this podcast up in time. All right. Good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, quick recovery to Akiva's uh, youngest son, who uh, took a spill tonight and uh, was uh, earlier this week and was part of the cause for a delayed podcast, I think. Is that fair? So yeah. Blame it on him. <laughs> it's always his fault, yeah. Is he, uh, is he questionable to return or, you know, what, uh, how does he, what's his injury status? He's on the IR with a, uh, but eligible to return. Oh, yeah. So he'll be back for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, there you have it, everybody. Uh, enjoy week 15. We'll be back next week, uh, possibly with podcast rankings, uh, in addition to the uh, usual NFL Jibber driver. Whatever.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.